Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here, Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hope you'll join us on YouTube through the Outkick channel. You can join Chad in the chat live today. Uh, streaming live each day, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Subscribe to the channel while you're there. Pound the like button. Hit the clock, the alarm clock. That'll allow you to get updates and notifications when we go live and any show across the network and on demand. Chad, we've got uh, games tonight. Nebraska, you have uh, an affinity for the Cornhuskers yeah. through family. And we also have the Gators. You have a, a hatred for Florida. Mm-hmm. It's a big night for uh, your college football fan. I also have a love of Eagle Scouts. So Bryson Barnes, yeah. quarterback for Utah tonight, Different an Eagle knots. Scout. Yeah. You could tie. Re- two really good games tonight. Don't sleep on also NC State at UConn okay. tonight. That's a okay. That's a little Withrow special as part of a parlay that I went plus. I got plus fifteen and a half UConn at home against NC State. I think it's now down to thirteen and a half or fourteen. But I, I like that one. A year ago, UConn won six games and got bowl eligible under Jim Mora Junior. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Well, they've. It's a program that wasn't good that all of a sudden was just average. Yeah, and then people were freaking and out NC about it. NC State was supposed to be. Great last year and was just average. And now, now Leary, yeah, now Leary's at Kentucky. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your lead on that with DraftKings. Yeah, it's one to maybe bounce around uh, as you're going from Minnesota, Nebraska to Florida, Utah tonight. I'd, I'd is, check that one out. I'd Nebra- keep an eye on it. Nebraska's quarterback, the guy from Georgia Tech. Yes, Jeff Sims. Sims with one M, who um, was hurt. He played in 15 games over two years at Georgia Tech. But when he played, he was very productive. 20 incoming fr- uh, transfers yeah. for the program. One of them just robbed a vape store, uh, so he's out. Yeah, okay, Gilbert. That, yeah, not cleared and won't be for a while. No. And the quarterback comes from a, a mess of a program at Georgia Tech. And then you've got Jeff Collins, who gets the job there. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how Sims does. Because that, that deter- Minnesota, too. Minnesota returns much of their defense. Number eight ranked defense. And normally... Normally, early in the year, week one, defense generally dominates because you don't have the preseason. There's not a big scrimmage. There's nothing like they should add all that. I, I think that might be the game of the night. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, it'll be a good atmosphere in that game also. That game's on Fox tonight at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. How about the scandal that wasn't at Minnesota also? No talk about that. That A.J. Perez report from Front Office Sports, we had him on to talk about it. But, I mean, that was... There were a ton of rumors that were out there that, man, P.J. Flex about to get hammered. There's a big story coming. Something bad's going to happen. Then the report came out, and it was all about exercise as punishment and uh, what was it, the Fleck Bank? Yeah. Or the P.J. Bank where you could get money in the bank based on good behavior. And credits. And get credits where you would avoid drug tests and things such as that. But that kind of came and went, and I don't sense any big – there's no, well, there was nothing to the, There's no whispers around this game based on those reports. You're right. Just kind of moved on. Yeah, and the, the athletic, I mean, 
the response to the punishment by exercise was just like that, that's every program in America, including high school programs. You run the stadium stairs when you screw up. Yeah. Next, you're not going to be able allowed to to have players arrive to the facility prior to going to class, like prior to 7 a.m. No 5:30 a.m. workouts, which again, like everyone would be like, everyone's done that. Well, I, I as even as punishment, you had to show up early to run laps prior to school. Yeah, it's probably in high school for me, and then you went to practice after school. It's probably a little, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the, what programs are up to now in high school or college. I doubt they're doing a lot of this, but. Oh, I bet they are. I mean, we grew up in the day hunting of like even in basketball practice, putting trash cans up in the gym and saying, run until you puke. Yeah. Like, here's a trash can. If you throw up, you got to oh, keep going. I, that's pretty much all they can do now is make you run. Like, high school programs, I guarantee you are doing it more than college. Oh, yeah. But I don't. But that's why it went I, away, I just, I'm saying. Yeah. I, apparently, there were issues at Minnesota with other programs, too, where there was some big. Well, they had, a, they had someone they, die. They, yeah, well, they knocked it back on, on that. Um, you had the situation happen. The heart condition. Yeah. Um, what, four or five years ago now? Yeah. I, look, I, I don't. No one wants to see that. I, I think that when you just see like a blanket, you know, you can't exercise for punishment, though. That's a little weak. Agreed. I, anywhere. I, I think that that's part of that's part of sport. Like if you do something wrong or you screw up with your team, I, I'm not here saying you know, put the trash cans out and everybody's got to puke before we can leave or any of that. Some of the stuff that I witnessed on Swamp Kings where they're making players wrestle that aren't wrestlers, you know, in in front of everyone during their workouts, like that, a little bit extreme, but it's, you know, there's, it's not life or death, but there's always been, especially in football, some military undertones to it Mm -hmm. with how you train, how you work out, how you move as a unit, respond to all of those things. I'm not making the, there's no equivalency here to battle or any of that, but Uh, you're right. I mean, general Neyland at Tennessee wrote a book titled football as a war game. The guy was an actual general and he coached his teams and drilled them like he would his, his units in the military and the game that he viewed it that way, that, as a tactician, there were a lot of similarities in how you move and how you protect each other and all of that. So that this has always has long been a part of the game. Ryan, Leif- I'm not in a big hurry to see leave the game. Ryan Leaf will join us in about 15 minutes. We continue to talk the college topics with uh, week one underway tonight. And a handful of good games across the weekend slate. Not great for week one, just good. And maybe that's why some of the games are either underrated or in this case maybe overrated because of the games we're, we're discussing uh, most often this offseason Florida and Utah tonight Nebraska Minnesota and throughout the week we've had bigger topics about the Big Ten and the SEC this is just blanket across the schedule week to week our most overrated and underrated college football games for the upcoming season Chad let's start with overrated and I learned my lesson from last year right out of the gate here, Florida and Utah. The Gators win in week one a year ago. Utah still goes on to win their conference. They still go on to have a very good season. Florida, meanwhile, is just right in the middle, just very average, uh, losing games they shouldn't have against Vanderbilt, but looking like world beaters against that Utah defense in week one. 
this game doesn't matter as much as the, the networks and the college football media want you to believe because of what's still to come for Utah throughout their schedule and their conference and the fact that Florida, no matter what they look like tonight, will be a very up-and-down program based on the turnover with that roster and the fact that Graham Mertz is their quarterback. We saw it last year with a better quarterback and Anthony Richardson, number four overall pick. Mertz isn't that. And for that reason, they're relying on the run game and pretty much nothing else. That's good, but not great. And Florida's not winning the SEC. Utah, they can go win the Pac-12 even by losing this game tonight. That's the overrated game of the season because it's been talked about all over the place because it's the marquee matchup and it's on Thursday night. The appetite for football in this country is a funny thing and what it does to us. Because it's the most watched, most thought about everything yeah. in sports in America. And it is the shortest and least voluminous season. We don't have weekly. a lot of it. It affects your week. It's weekly, and you don't have it every night. You don't have a lot of it every night. And then when you get to it, you, you got you to gotta just go crazy at the buffet, right? It's, it's almost this, when you're starving, a Trisket cracker can taste like a gourmet meal. Yeah. We're starving right now. So going Gotta into tonight, it. we're starving. So I, I love this entry by you, Hutton, because I think any first weekend game, Thursday night, Saturday night, next Thursday night, NFL, we're so starved for it that, again, the saltine can taste like a Michelin star chef meal. And it's not. And I think that may be the case tonight with, with Utah Florida. I, I'm with you. I, I'm going to watch every second of it. If Utah I'm going to love it. I'm going to follow it. But I think there is something to that, what you're saying. If Utah loses with their third-string quarterback, it will be more about their loss at in Salt Lake, which they've only lost one in their last 26 games or whatever in Salt Lake. It'll be more about Utah losing at home and Whittingham not being able to outmatch Napier. It'll be big for Florida. It'll be worse. It'll be detrimental to Utah. That's what they want you to believe. I'm telling you, it won't be. Because help is on the way at quarterback and the fact that they're known for their defensive effort and they return many of their starters. I think we have to keep in mind, yes, college, you lose twice and it's a huge deal. You know, you lose once and it's a big deal. It's different from the NFL that way. It's also not the end of the world, right. good or bad. So you have to keep that in perspective that whatever happens early this year, the team that you follow or that you're watching may look very different by the end of the year. South Carolina is a good example of that. I thought South Carolina, after the early part of the season, was dead and was headed to look like an awful team. And by example. the end of the year, you think about South Carolina completely differently than you did at the end of or September. Kentucky, Florida. After Florida won, Kentucky, Kentucky beats them by the in end the of the swamp. year. Yeah, go, great point. Florida beats Utah. Everyone watched that game. Then Kentucky beats Florida in a game a lot of people watched. Will Levis is back. And then by the end of the year, Kentucky's, uh, you got Will Levis sitting out the Music City Bowl across the river over here. <laughs> and they're, they're you know, playing a receiver at quarterback and looking terrible against an Iowa team that's running the wing tee at that point of the season. So things can change as the year goes on. My overrated entry, Hutton, is going to be one later in the season, not, not early in the okay. season. I think we're putting a big emphasis on Georgia at Tennessee on November 18th. Um, I, th this is, call it a hunch. I think whenever you circle something and say, this is the game to watch for the two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, something will make that not a big deal. Could be a quarterback injury. 
Could be Georgia loses two or three times in a crazy way before that game. Could be Tennessee's not as good as we thought. But I think by the time we get to that game, the one that everyone's circling and saying, the one chance Georgia has to lose in the regular season is the second to last week of the regular season in Knoxville against Tennessee, I don't think is going to be the case. I don't think that game is going to be nearly as big when we get there. I don't know why. I'm just telling you, it's a hunch. It could be Tennessee's worse than we thought. It could be Georgia's worse. I don't know. could be a combination of both, that both are just pretty good but not great this year. But for whatever reason, something's going to be out of balance in that game, and it's not going to be as big of a deal as we make it to be right now. And this is because it's being so hyped at this point in time. Hutton, you've got an honorable mention that I want to get to. Honorable mention for me for overrated is any game that Colorado plays this season. Uh, they're on Big Fox for the first two weeks of the season against TCU and Nebraska. Both could be blowouts. And, yeah. And then, I mean, it is a huge success if they just get to six wins based on the roster turnover. It's not just what happened at Auburn with the starting offense. It's the, practically the entire locker room, new faces, new transfers, new recruits. It is a process. This is not happening overnight. And it will be built as every week is prime time, big time action. And while I'm in on the hype with prime time Deion Sanders, I'm not buying in to whatever matchup they may have based on the fact that he's the head coach. That's my honorable it's, mention. It's a great one, Hutton. And it's also smart of anyone on national TV. This happens to be Fox on this one. Get them early. That's because it. interest no will wane as the year goes on. Your honorable mention. No one's going to care as much as the year goes on, but first two weeks is big. Honorable mention, every single year, recently I feel like it's, uh, who's going to supplant Clemson? Clemson's not going to be any good this year. And look, they, they've lost three games the last two years. Okay. Most people would love to lose only three games in a season. Last year was supposed to be NC State. But we go into a season saying, this is the year Clemson falls. And then what happens is everyone who says that typically falls on their face. Yeah. It's going to happen again on Labor Day night. This is going to be a snooze fest at halftime. Duke's not playing with Clemson. I hate to say that. I hope Duke does. I, I love the Blue Devils story. I think Riley Leonard's a good quarterback. I want to see a really good game in, in Durham on, on Monday night. It's not going to happen. This is an overrated game. Clemson's going to roll Duke on Monday night. Chad, my, my underrated game of the season is Arkansas at LSU. This is week four or week five of the upcoming uh, slate. And the reason it is underrated, that week you have Florida State Clemson, you have Ohio State Notre Dame, and Oklahoma is traveling to face uh, Cincinnati that week. Arkansas is they're a tough team to figure out this year. K.J. Jefferson's back. Meanwhile, LSU is returning after competing for the, the SEC title a year ago in Atlanta. Is this the next step for Brian Kelly in what was supposed to be the year that they get things going after they run through some things in year one? I was surprised by how well they played a year ago, and I hope to be surprised by Sam Pittman's team based on the fact that Jefferson, uh, by many, including me, I think he's the best quarterback coming back with expectations in the SEC. I circle this game that could determine – second, maybe first in the SEC West, depending on how quarterback plays out with Alabama. I'm going to go Missouri hosting K-State on September 16th. This is not the non-conference matchup that everyone is circling with. Mm. A, a, they're highlighting there are stakes. to start the year. There are big-time stakes. K-State is the defending 
Big 12 champion beating TCU in the upset in the championship game a year ago. I think Eli Drinkwitz, his season could ride on this game. If he, if he wins against a top 20, possibly at that point, K-State team, that could propel him to really good things this year. They're going to start Brady Cook at quarterback. They play tonight against South Dakota on SEC Network. Sam Horn is going to play also. He's going to rotate quarterbacks to start the season. Can they figure that out by that year? Or, hey, maybe the two-quarterback system works for him. But I think that's one to watch for job security purposes as the season, because it doesn't get any easier for, for Eli Drinkwicks in Missouri as, as they go forward with the SEC season. That's one I'm watching. Honorable mention, Hutton, because it's this weekend, I want to give a shout-out to this one. Texas San Antonio, UTSA at Houston. Houston joined the Big 12. The Roadrunners of UTSA, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Houston. To open the season. starter at quarterback, I believe. It's also one Tennessee needs to hey. watch out for. They're coming to Knoxville fourth week of the season. That, that is, may not be a very easy game for Tennessee. Boise State-Washington this weekend is really good, too. Yeah. That could be a, a shootout, one of the best of the season, not like just this weekend. One. Ryan Leaf joins us next. We continue the college discussion and also preview the upcoming NFL season and headlines next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Football is back. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Also back and joining us each week now on Thursdays. Looking forward to this with Ryan Lee, awesome. uh, host of the Straight Line Pod. You can follow him on social at Ryan D. Leaf, and you can hear him on the call of so many games throughout the college and NFL football seasons. He'll be on the call for Cincinnati. Uh, without Luke Fickle, Cincinnati taking on Eastern Kentucky. And then on Monday, Clemson and Duke. Busy weekend. Very busy. Ryan, how are things, man? They're great. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. No doubt. I- I'm looking forward to your busy schedule, too. We're going to be hitting a lot of games that you're going to be covering. And you're getting some great matchups, uh, not just in college, but the NFL as well. Yeah. It, well, you know, we cover the NFL quite a bit. Uh, and so I'm getting some opportunities to to call some of those games. They'll mostly be on Sunday night football games with Westwood one, which is great. It's just an full opportunity for me. Uh, 53 man roster, you know, you really can kind of get synced in 
with what players are doing, what the schemes like, and it makes it a lot of fun. Uh, Kurt Warner has been a lot of help to me there uh, on how to do it because it's different. You know, you move from TV to radio. You, you got to remember that, you know, on TV, uh, they see what you're talking about, but on the radio, they don't have any idea. And so you got to be as descriptive as you can and go through with those types of things. And so it makes it a lot of fun, a lot of fun and, and, a, and a learning experience for me going through the process. What have you learned about Cincinnati in your prep as uh, the, the Big 12 now takes on Cincinnati, but Luke Fickle is now the head coach up at Wisconsin? Yeah, that's the biggest, that's the storyline we're really going to be going with uh, in the open. You know, the the Luke Fickle 10 years over, one where they moved and got into the college football playoff at one point, as well as moved up to a Power 5 conference. Ironically, once they did that, he moved on to a Power 5 hmm. Uh, school in Wisconsin. So it's a little interesting. Scott uh, Satterfield takes the job. He moves up from Louisville. Uh, the biggest takeaway I have right now is, and I think this goes hand in hand with, with college football in general. I don't know if we're going to know what teams are. We don't know what the identity of a team is going to be because it can change so drastically year to year now because of the portal, because of all the things that go into it. So when you do have something that comes back, who was great, you take a look at it. And for me, that was just, you know, Dante Corleone. I mean, the defensive tackle, it's rare when you get a nose tackle. who's also the guy that pressures the quarterback the most, because that makes for uh, pretty much an unstoppable force when you're able to get in the face of the quarterback, because you can't really go anywhere. If someone rushes around the outside and gets to you, you can step up in the pocket, make some plays. So he's a big guy to be looking for. And then Emory Jones, their quarterback, the, twice transferred now from Florida to Arizona state and now to Cincinnati to finish his career, see what kind of impact he can make in their first year in the big 12. What a name, the Don Dante Corleone. That's a terrific name. Actually, his, actually his nickname is the Godfather. So there you go. Oh, it has to be yeah. so, guaranteed. Ryan, you know, this. the old coaching adage that, you know, you improve or you change the most between week one and week two in, in college football. You're talking about a lot of the unknowns with this week one and games you're going to be covering Going back to your personal experience at Washington State, is that adage true in the college game with teams changing a lot from the first game to the second? I, I think so, unless you have a, a very senior-laden, experienced football team. And we were lucky enough to have that our final year. That coach did something really outrageous. We were supposed to play Southwest Louisiana, which is just Louisiana now, the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Brandon Stokely's Pops was the head coach. Brandon had just finished there. Uh, and um, we were supposed to play them in week one. Well, uh, UCLA saw that uh, something opened uh, in, in that first week for us and, you know, gave Coach Price an opportunity to say, hey, UCLA would love to come up and play in August, August 31st, actually, uh, instead of coming in November when it was maybe snowing. And Coach Price did something outrageous. He said, okay, which meant we would play UCLA in week one, USC in week two. So it was either going to be the best thing we've ever done or absolutely the worst thing. And what do you know? We went out and beat UCLA in week one and then upset USC on the road in week two. And we started two and oh, and that, you know, took us the road. So if you have a, an experienced team, which I think is going to be rare, that's going to be a difficult thing for, for teams to prepare for because they don't have any idea of what that team is going to look like ultimately. And you'll be on the call for Clemson Duke on, on Labor Day night on Monday night. What do you think about that for the college player that you wait longer than everyone else to play the game, right? You're sitting through games all weekend, starting tonight, ready to go, ready to play someone else. 
What do you think about that factor in this game on Monday night? And is it a factor? I think it's pretty great. I was just down in Durham for three days working with the team, uh, with Coach Elko, speaking to the guys, and they're fired up. This will be the first time in Duke University history that they've given the students Labor Day off. That's been a you go to school at Duke on Labor Day. Like that's that's what it's all about. They gave them them off. So they're going to be, you know, pre-funking. This game isn't kicked off till 8 p.m. Eastern, folks. <laughs> it's going to be rocking. First time Clemson's been there since 2014. People are questioning Clemson a little bit. I don't know if that's necessarily what should, people should be doing. I mean, an off year for them was 10 wins last season. <laughs> so, um, but Duke got to nine wins, and this would go a long way. I think Riley Leonard has put himself into position to be considered one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. It's just a Depends on how deep the team is, because ultimately on opening night, going to be hot, humid. The you know sounds like the hurricane will just press through here, and uh, and that, that should make for a muggy night. And guys probably needing um, some depth. And uh, if they can hang with them early, wow, what what an absolute um, difference maker for the for the Blue Devils to start their season like that against the the likes of Clemson. Ryan Leaf with us. He's the host of the Straight Line podcast. Also, you can catch him on uh, Good Morning Football NFL Network on Thursdays as well. Um, Florida State LSU. That game means what, Ryan? Uh, it means the kickoff to the Heisman campaign for Jordan Travis. That's what it does. And uh, I think what Mike Norbell has done and what the, the administration has allowed him to do, I think they've jumped to conclusions too early hasn't allowed somebody to build his culture and understand what he has to do in this new age of the portal and things like that. And coach Norvell has really done a bang up job. And Jordan Travis last year got better. And this off season continued to grow. And he has two games in the first four weeks that he'll be going probably up against a couple top 10, if not a top eight squads in LSU and Clemson in the first four weeks. And if he knocks both of those teams off, there is nothing in front of him the rest of the way. I don't think that stops him from being a Heisman Trophy finalist, if not the winner, and maybe getting this team finally to the college football playoff. Uh, that's a big deal. And so I think that's what that game presents. Last year, it was incredibly close. They, they squeaked by and got it done. LSU recovered, came back. Jaden Daniels also has an opportunity to put himself. Ironically enough, he's like considered like the one of the like the second most um favorited in terms of odds at the points bet sportsbook right now. And I was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. I can't imagine him winning the Heisman trophy, but you know, this LSU team is talented. They showcased it. They got themselves to the SEC championship last year and Brian Kelly's first year will be really interesting what year two looks like, but I like Florida state in that, in that opener. We'll get your take on some NFL discussion. Um, Trey Lance has attempted about 420 passes in college and NFL combined. Um, Three first-round picks by San Francisco to move up and draft him. And a couple of years later, now we see him in Dallas in a trade in exchange for a fourth-round pick. What advice would you give him, and what do you make of this saga so far? Yeah, my, my advice to him is that, hey, bro, this was, this was out of your control. Like, you cannot, you know, force-feed yourself any of this. The, the anchor that they're trying to make you wear, uh, it, it doesn't fit. So you don't have to worry about it. You know, what other people think of you is none of your business right now. All it is is about what you can control. And all you can control is your effort and your attitude. And so that's what I would, that's the advice I'd give them. Uh, I would, you know, point my finger. Uh, and I think all others should as well in terms of 
you know, looking at what was a failure. Well, you know, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan, they they messed this one up and they should get the blame for it. Uh, because, you know, most likely he probably was a second, possibly third round draft pick in my eyes. I don't know how it got pushed to that narrative where he would belong in that that spot. Um, he had no he had no say in when he was drafted or who he was drafted by or how much they gave up to move up to get him and things like that. So uh, he hasn't had an opportunity. And uh, once he does, uh, I, I think he'll make the most of it. Also, if he's a guy that plays eight plus, you know, eight plus years in the NFL and is rarely a starter as a backup from North Dakota State University, he's going to be an incredible success. So those are the things I would continue to repeat to him. Try to keep that that pressure off him because people outside of football, because, you know, our peers, we don't we don't use the word bust with one another. We know how hard it is and was to get to where we're going. So when you, people hear that word, it's usually from critics and from fans or people who are projecting. And so therefore, you know, we hear it, though. It's it's outside noise and we carry it. And I carried it, you know, deeply. And it caused me to become very, um, you know, you know, unco- you know, I wasn't confident anymore in what I could do and my talent and things like that because I was being beat over the head with it. So those are the types of things I would talk to him about. And Dallas has a good job with this. They brought me in too, as well. Jerry likes to take chances on guys that people perceive to be, uh, you know, first round talent and give them an opportunity, whatever that may look like. Uh, It doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon. And that's what he ultimately needs is reps. So Jets and Giants fans have long had a held a feud uh, in New York. The, The team's not always, that's starting to change a little bit. And after Aaron Rodgers, Jihad Ward got into it, uh, and they're going to play each other this regular season. All the focus on Aaron Rodgers with the Jets in New York. But, Ryan, when you look at both of those teams, which team is better right now between the Giants and the Jets? Well, the Giants are coming off a playoff win. I mean, the Jets haven't been to the playoffs in what? I don't know. Since I was in prison, I think that's a long time ago. So it's 2011, uh, I think was the year, right? Was that it? I was, I was was in prison then. (laughs) Yes. So, um, you know, everything they've done this off season has been wonderful. They haven't made a mistake, right? There's just been good vibes everywhere around New York in the front office they go get Dalvin Cook. They add the pieces that Aaron Rodgers wants. They sign Quinn and Williams. They get hard knocks and they make it their way and make them like this just this this marketing exhibition for everybody to see and see this you know you know this youthful exuberance from from Aaron Rodgers for the first time in a long time. So like there should be nothing out there right now that makes us believe that the Jets cannot go and win the Super Bowl because of who they have at quarterback now, the talent at the skill positions, and the defense that they have with Robert Sala. So there's nothing there that shows us that they can't. Now, the only thing you can walk away from is it's the Jets, and they just can't have nice things. They never have been able to have nice things. And so for, so I really think that Monday night game against the Bills on September 11th is absolutely the biggest game in New York Jets history in the last 25 years. It just is. It will set in motion either a tremendous season or it will tear it down immediately because of what they have ahead of them. Week two, Dallas. Week three, the Patriots, who they haven't beaten forever. Then in week four, they go, uh, they get the Chiefs. Then they go to the revenge match in Denver. Mm -hmm. Then they get the Eagles. So if they do not win that first game, you could see them ultimately through those first six games being a real, real bad spot. They win it. 
they could go on a roll. That's a big thing about momentum in this football team. I know if they were to lose, Aaron Rodgers steps in front of the mic, tells everybody to relax. It's different. I, you would normally not put that much emphasis on a game, but it's huge. As for the Giants, Brian Dable's second year, Daniel Jones' big contract. They had Darren Waller. Defense has gotten better. Isaiah Simmons in a steal, I think, from the Arizona Cardinals. It should be interesting. It's a, they have a much tougher schedule. That division is extremely tough. So, But New York should be happy. They got three teams that are very capable of being in the playoffs this year. One minute left here, Ryan. Um, Chad is a, a father of, of two girls. You're the father of an amazing son, your travel partner. Um, congratulations. You have a girl in the way. And uh, it been very, awesome. very soon Congrats. as well. Yeah, we uh, we held off talking about it um, simply because out of precaution, we had a real tough time. And I say we, it's been my wife. She's uh, she's unbelievably strong uh, for miscarriages during the pandemic. And it's something mm -hmm. that's not as rare as people think. People just don't talk about it. And so she's been very open about it, talked about it, and she's just fought through it. And this little girl, we waited till the third trimester to say anything because she is she's a she's a marvel, man. And uh, we can't wait for her to get here in November and and celebrate our family together. Chad, any advice? You'll you'll love it. Um, it's uh, I, I don't know what it's like to have a son. So all I know is is having daughters. So I can't speak to having a son. But you seem like a great dad with your son. I'm sure it'll carry over with your little girl also. But that's awesome. Congrats to to, to you and your wife and. A uh, big brother also. Congrats yeah, to him. He's got, he's he's got yeah, someone he's to fight uh, fight for and protect now. He even told us in the car we were driving home from school today, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to protect her. And I said, oh, who are you going to protect her from? He's like, I don't know. You know, whoever. I'm just going to protect her. <laughs> That's yep. right. From whoever. everything. Who, uh, all covers. Whoever. He's going he's gonna to be the protector. I love it. Hey, yep. Ryan, thanks for doing this. We're looking forward to this each Thursday, man. Absolutely. Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you. It'll be a lot of fun to talk some ball. Thanks, yeah, Ryan. And in the meantime, check out the straight check out the straight line podcast and also uh, check him out on Good Morning Football on Thursdays. He's also with us Thursday afternoons. We're back with our predictions for tonight's matchups across college football. That's next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Been a fun show today. Glad you've been with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Joining us in the chat, maybe on YouTube, listening to this great radio partner. We say thank you. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Getting thirsty, Chad. That's a, maybe a, a toast to college football later. We may need to do that. Definitely tomorrow. If not, if not now. Well, no, now. Whenever. In tonight's games. Big games tonight. Might as well. Is it a day? Win in Rome. Yes. That's what we say most days here at Six and Peabody. We've got football that we can uh, wager on. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go. That's where we go, our one-stop shop for betting content. And if you haven't taken your shot with DraftKings Sportsbook, now is the perfect time to do so. If you're a first-time user at DraftKings Sportsbook, here's the exclusive deal. You begin by depositing as little as $5 into your sportsbook account. And then you make your first bet of $5 or more on any game you want. And here's the kicker. Not only do you get any cash winnings from that first bet, you'll also instantly pocket $200 in bonus bets. And that's win or lose. So you deposit five, you instantly receive $200 in your account and bonus bets. And those pay out separate, eight different separate uh, $25 bonus bet payments. So you've got plenty of chances to up your game. Terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in a legal betting state, gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER, outkick.com slash bet 
is where you go to claim this offer, outkick.com slash bet. Go make some money. Well, let's let's do so tonight. We've certainly all eyes will be on Florida on the road in Salt Lake against Utah. That is a five-point spread. This offseason, it was nine, nine and a half, uh, as, as high as I saw this game. Uh, Cam Rising's not playing. Their backup is also not playing. So they're down to their technical third-string quarterback, even though we've seen him appear in some games. And they'll rely on their defense. They'll rely on their run game. And by all accounts, and I'm listening to Withrow mention what we've seen from the third-string QB in high school, this guy should be able to at least run this offense and run it well. He's been there a while, the junior. It's now a five-point spread. I'm going- I, I thought I would go Utah again. And then I was swayed a bit by thinking about the Florida run game and the fact that SEC line play on both sides of the football generally dominate the opponent in a different conference. Generally. Ask Michigan about, Michigan about that. Um, that happened to Utah a year ago. But Chad, Utah at home, they win. And the fact that I have last year to lean on, I hope Whittingham's also using that. And I'm sure he is. And Utah's got more than just a quarterback in rising who didn't play well a year ago in week one a little bit thrown off by my bet and my prediction earlier this week given that bryson barnes when i found out he's an eagle scout and raised a bunch of pigs in a barn in southern utah as a kid it's a good story great story um third string quarterback though they lost a year ago with cam rising graham mertz to me is just the enormous question mark in this whole thing maybe more than the third string quarterback at utah maybe how's he gonna look in billy napier's offense at florida I think the Florida running game gets it done. Montrell Johnson, Etienne. I think the Gators win outright in this game. I just don't see them losing to a third-string quarterback. I think the environment's going to be great at Utah. Nothing that Florida hasn't seen before. I think Graham Mertz and Florida go into Utah and get a big early season win for Billy Napier as he's trying to correct the wrongs of his first season as Gators coach. Give me the Gators and the money line, not just to cover. I think they went outright tonight. I, I'm leaning Florida as well, but it's, it, it's because of their run game. It's also just – this game just comes down to who protects the football. You know, the, Florida, that is their strength. It has to be their strength, turning around and handing it off to a, a backfield that returns and returns after averaging nearly six yards per carry, fourth highest amount of uh, production in program history. Gators on the road, though, scares me a bit. And – Utah's defense last year did really well against the run against half of their opponents. They didn't do great against the Florida Gators. And I, while I believe Utah has more to lose in this game, I just don't view Florida as having a lot to lose in this game, personally. I like that as a compliment. Plus, it's at five. I would take Florida plus the five. Chad's taking money line. I'm taking the points. I'm going big. I think Florida wins it tonight. What do you think, Davey? I was just going to say there are two really big streaks that uh, I think are just interesting. You know, you kind of find these in the world of college football. But Utah has not lost a non-conference home game in 16 years. And this is Florida's first first non-conference road game outside of the state of Florida since 1991. Wow. This is a very unusual start for them. 
The home and home against Utah. First non-conference road games. They played neutral site games outside the state, but actual true road games since 1991. That is yes, insane. and that was to Syracuse. They lost that game 38 to 21. I like the fact that they've done away with the tune-ups before the Tennessee matchup in Week Three. Generally, yeah, um, because normally it was just a directional school matchup. It was two two tune-ups, or and then a bye, or Kentucky. Or Many Kentucky. years they play Kentucky before Tennessee in that game. All right, so we're both leaning Florida. Uh, Dave, you're taking which team in this bet? I, I honestly don't feel good about this bet, but if I had to pick, I would take Florida plus five. Yeah, I'm taking the points. Um, and I think it's a, a competitive game. Uh, I think it's sloppy. And the under. Clay told us to take the under in yeah, this. Yeah, I, I went ahead and parlayed Clay's blood bank. Right picks. now it's 44 and a half. It's like an Iowa matchup. Maybe a little bit better. But is it so sloppy that the over might actually be in play? <laughs> might. Maybe so. So we're riding the Gators, and how do we lean towards Nebraska and Minnesota? Because Minnesota's favored, rightfully so. But I love the rule higher. The transfers are very hard to predict. And I think Nebraska is better than the perception of Nebraska. Minnesota is Minnesota. My perception of them hasn't really changed. Nebraska has, based on the coaching change and the transfers in. I would take the points here. It's not an easy start. What, back-to-back road games for Nebraska? On the road tonight and then... Then Boulder. Then Boulder for the first home game for primetime Deion Sanders uh, a week from now. I'm taking the points in the Big Ten matchup that kicks off the season. I, I'm, I love the rule higher also. Um, I want to be in good graces in my own home as well. I think Jeff Sims is going to be a difference maker for Nebraska. I think it's a step up from Casey Thompson a year ago, who's now the starting quarterback at FAU after transferring out. Again. Give me the Huskers. I'm going big again, not just points. I love I'm this. taking the road underdog to win both big games tonight outright. Gators win. Huskers win. It's going to happen. Minnesota returns to that defense, though. What the over/under in that has to be low. They ranked number eight nationally in um, on total defense a year ago. Over/under is forty-two and a half, so it's even less than the That's Florida. Probably another, yeah. Go, so take go under, under on that one. Yeah. Defense usually wins in in week one, but seven and a half is steep. I'm, I would just grab the points for the Huskers. So we're we're taking the points at least for the, the road matchups here. I've got the most DraftKings action tonight, though, Hutton, on UConn hosting NC State. That's a very important game for me tonight. All right, explain, explain, explain your, uh, your optimism here. My optimism is in that uh, it's, in, it's in stores, Connecticut. And, you know, a wise man once told me, you, you don't just roll into stores and roll out of there with a win easily, unless you're just a college football team, because most of them roll into stores and roll out of there with a win. I just think they cover the, the – I've got it 15 and a half. I think they cover that the, against NC State. Is this NC the game State. that gets them to the Big 12? Gets an invite to the Big 12? No, that would be their national championship in basketball. That would get them the invite. I don't think anything they're doing in football well, the presence, is what's getting them. I think Brett Yormark just loves basketball. Yormark doesn't basketball. need a reason. He loves basketball, so he wants them in. That's who did, why. Who did NC State nearly lose to a year ago? They had no business. ECU. Yes. Should have lost. Yeah. I remember watching that game and thinking they were very lucky to win the game, to get out of there with a win. They played at ECU, right, to open the season. They did. Yeah. Uh, they opened the season last year. Yeah. Against ECU. 
man, I was high on them. I was, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not that optimistic about Kentucky. Um, and it's Leary. I, don't, I think Leary's a lot like Levis, where in the big moments, he's got to prove it now to me. Has because any Kentucky he quarterback was, he was built ever been up, undersold? He was built up in a mega way last year at NC State. Yeah, I'm very skeptical. I like Liam Cohen coming back uh, as offensive coordinator, but, but I mean, everything that we heard about Le- I they just saw one NC State quote, didn't have that run game, though. They do at Kentucky now. I heard one quote from a coach that was, it was I think it was Story at the Athletic, and it said, he's just so accurate. Talking about Devin Leary, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we have read this story time and time right. again about an overhyped Kentucky quarterback coming into the season. It was Will Levis, certainly last year. Uh, maybe it works out, and I know the new offensive coordinator, well, not the new old offensive coordinator coming back is going to help them, but I'm very much wait and see on Devin Leary at Kentucky. Chad, last year, week four, NC State 41, UConn 10. 41 to 10 mm-hmm. last year. Mm, not feeling as good because <laughs> last year's UConn team won six games. Did you load up for real on this? Uh, no, I wouldn't say load up, but I put a sizable stash compared to my other bets on this happening. And it's part of two parlays that I'm playing this weekend. Hey, Minnesota, Nebraska on Fox, eight o'clock Eastern, Utah, Florida on ESPN, eight o'clock Eastern. Get your uh, streaming devices ready. Plenty of reasons to get excited uh, starting tonight and over the weekend. I'll tell you the one I'm watching tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow, yeah. by the way, I'll have my college football top 10 games returning for every weekend. Love it. Every Friday on the show during football season, I'll have that. A little preview of that process. Normally, when I go through the games, I get to about 13 or 14, and I have to immediately check you know, two, three, four off the list, whittle it down to 10, then rank the 10. This week... I wrote down 10 games. I didn't think I was going to get to 10. So it's a bit of a light week with big matchups. I had no problem picking 10 games. There was no more than that that I had on my list. But I got to the 10. I feel good about the 10 that I'm going to put forth tomorrow. The ranking of some of them was a little bit difficult of how to slot them. But I like the 10 games that we have. You know what else I'm I'm noticing? Not many neutral site games. Not as many. No. Not, Not as many. Because you usually have the marquee matchups in, you know, in Atlanta. We've got one here in Nashville. Where I don't know how marquee it is, but you have the neutral field with Tennessee and Virginia. Um, but you, you don't have the, that game did not make my top ten, by the way. Okay, but it was close to it based on the weekend schedule. We don't have uh, Oregon, Georgia, for instance. Yeah, the, but I will say, in doing this exercise, yes, we don't have we lack one of those games. We lack in Oregon, Georgia. Let's say or Alabama playing in Atlanta against FSU the way they did a few years back. But what we have is LSU, Florida State, neutral site. UNC, South Carolina, neutral site. Another big neutral mm-hmm. site game. Friday night's big game, eh, Louisville, Georgia Tech in Atlanta on a neutral site, not being played at Georgia Tech, but that's a neutral site game. You've got Tennessee, Virginia here. Not as many, though. No, I, I, I'm with you. It feels like it's lacking one of those big neutral site games. Davey, uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, your pick. I like Nebraska. I mean, Minnesota's having to replace uh, Tanner Morgan and uh, the Ibrahim. It's, it's one of those, it comes back to 
making sure I pronounce the name properly. What was there? Muhammad Ibrahim. Muhammad Ibrahim, yes. Yep. So he, he's gone to, I think, having to replace that. I mean, both these teams have had a few off-the-field issues uh, over this offseason, so it'll be interesting to see prediction. which team is just going. Um, he said Nebraska. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, another prediction, though. If oh. Nebraska wins this game outright on the road against Minnesota, we will hear about the uh, the training and the exercise by, you know, Kids are too tired. We will we will hear about that again. Kids are clearly too tired out there. That will pop up again. I can't Uh, do a Minnesota accent. That PJ Fleck is is. But that's we'll hear from discipline. His discipline just hasn't worked, or it's too much on the team. That's to why they lost to Nebraska. I want Nebraska and Colorado both to win this weekend, just to make next week that much more enjoyable going into it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd be good with that. On Saturday, we get to find out who Nebraska is much more likely. Alabama will actually have a depth chart yeah, on not, Saturday that they will show us. Nebraska. No, hold my breath on Colorado. Another big prediction for the weekend: Alabama will trot a quarterback out to the huddle to start the game. They Don't will. know which one, but they'll trot one of them out there. And then Texas visits a week from now. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll recap all of it and preview the weekend tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern, for Hot Mike with Hutton Happy across football, the Outkick Network. <laughs>